0: Welcome to the SwarmCast, an episodic look at the Southwest Ohio Regional Meta and the players within. We have tourney players, casual locals, gifted hobbyists, and many more. So come join us down the rabbit hole of warmer Hordes in the Southwest corner of the Buckeye State. Your hosts are Jerry Stonecipher, Aaron Jones, and myself, Mike Korka. Welcome back to the SwarmCast. This is Mike. I'm here with Aaron and Jerry. At it. We're here to... Uh, talk about our meta and what we're doing and just literally turning the lens on the Southwest Ohio regional meta, otherwise known as the Swarm. We cover everywhere from the Dayton area to Springfield, Ohio, to Columbus, to Cincinnati, um, as for as what we claim as our own. Um, each one has their own thriving meta and we sit there and pretty much dabble in all of it and enjoy ourselves. So, one of the things that we talked about in the first episode is that you, as a listener, get to follow Aaron's journey back into War Machine. He's coming back after a year hiatus, and so, Aaron, you are talking scorn. I am. So, starting off, what, what is drawing you back into scorn? Into scorn...
1: Um, I want to try something different. I seem to like Hordes more than... No, that's not fair. I, I'm coming off of Kador. Right. In, in War Machine. And something about Minoth never quite appeals to me. Signar, I feel... I don't know. Signar has a, has a big rap. Tricks I've tried before, didn't really care for, just dabbled. Yeah. Uh, Retribution doesn't really appeal to me. So i kind of looking over at the horde uh, side of things. I've tried, I've done Trolls, I've done Legion. Uh, You've intimidated me with the Circle, seems a little tricksy for my brain. I like uh, the idea of punching things in the face with elephants, so Scorn,
0: Scorn it is. Okay, so with Scorn, you are going to start off with Makeda 2. Yes. Okay, so why Makeda 2? Tell us about what your thoughts are on it.
1: I looked at her spell list, I really like Dash. Hopefully that's the right one. Dash, yes.
0: Dash Dash is wonderful. Yes. I enjoyed it on Crystal, too. Yep. Dash gives
2: her and friendly uh, warrior models activating her control area plus one speed. And while in her control area, they also gain parry. Yeah. That's pretty good for a bunch of uh, infantry that are base speed six. Yeah. More speed and mobility never hurts.
0: No, not at all. Okay. on
2: down the list. Looks like she has deflection. (laughs) Another... Really good spell considering the fact that the base defense of the single wound infantry is 13 starting off, so yeah, being able to give them plus two defense against range and magic attacks sounds like a good deal there. Bringing them up to the 15 base, mm-hmm. not including the fact that you can get a Kraya in there to bring them up to the 17. Now you're talking the range of, oh, Sloan even has issues hitting these things.
1: Yep. But not big issues
0: because she's Signar.
2: Yeah, let not <laughs> get the Signar. Yeah. Uh,
0: so and then you got what? Pros- prostration.
2: A throwaway spell, from the looks of it, to me. Oh, uh, uh, what I mean. It's a knockdown. It's, it's a it's a non AOE knockdown. Yeah. Now, if that was an AOE knockdown, I'd agree. But this one, you have to hit. She's she is focus six, but wants to keep her focus. Yeah. If you're casting a spell, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. And then, and well, as an
1: assassination threat, I'll agree. What about just ensuring the odds on, say, taking out a beast? Especially like something a little dodgier like a Legion or a Circle Beast. That's what
2: your—that's so, what her feat is there for.
0: So Circle Beast, you're looking at Death 14, death 14. under Living uh, Wolves. Mm-hmm. So you already have to roll an 8. To hit them with this spell. Mm -hmm. If they're in melee, you're going to have to hit a 12. Right. If they have cover, you're back up to 12. So, I mean, it's very difficult to get that spell. That's where an AoE would be better. That's fair. But as range 8, power 12, it's an emergency nuke. It's there to help you out. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. At least it's not on damage. It's just on hit. But still, the fact it's not an AoE hurts that spell a lot.
0: Now, a trick you can do with it is... You can sit there and target, let's say you have to target something that is in melee with one of yours. If one of yours is immune to knockdown, you don't really have to worry about it messing with what you have. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you're still using Fury to cast a spell that's iffy. Mm -hmm. And then after that is Storm Rager.
2: One of the best single target buffs in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. So, what do people usually throw that on? Is that uh, you is? can throw that, if you're depending upon what you're running, you can throw that on various solos if you want to. Yeah. Um, what's his name? The Cav Solo. Um, uh, uh, Rasheen. Yeah, Rasheen. You throw it on him. Uh, he has Armor Pierce. Yes. So, yeah, plus two strength to an Armor Pierce. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Uh, let's not forget the fact that she is also throwing... She can also be throwing up Deflection, so... The fact that they cannot be targeted by whatever model you threw that on, cannot be targeted by combined range attacks, well, now it's even harder to be able to hit mm-hmm. that model, especially with the base high death. especially if it's on her. Yeah. If you throw that on her, she goes up to death 17, cannot be targeted, or no, she's still death 15, but she cannot be targeted by combined range attacks. Yeah. I was thinking hakar uh So will bump up to an
1: armor 20... And he'd be like, a uh, Strength 10, Mat 10? Car, oh,
2: Car, I'm trying to remember a car. He's a uh, character
1: ancestral guardian.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, though... He I guess kind of, you could run her in that, in that theme. And a car would be kind of scary, because he's then walking forward after you've damaged something in his area, and getting up there. He has speed force, would so
0: have to be more of a closer.
2: Yes. Um... But her her abilities really like living infantry.
0: So the one thing about her that I've played against and I absolutely drove me nuts mm-hmm. was Stay Death. Yes. Stay Death with Ferox and the Willbreaker along with the Tyrant and um, Rashim is so crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was literally, he spent, um, he spent... Casting dash or deflection, and then the rest of the time, the rest of that uh, fury just went into stay death. Yep. Yep. Just, hey, you I'm going to attack another, her. Yet
2: another reason why her nuke is almost useless. Yeah. Because that, that two fury you're spinning plus one probably boost, that's three models you could be staying, keeping alive.
0: Yeah. And then for her feet, you got friendly faction models, gain boosted and melee attack rolls, and cannot be knocked down. It's that first one that really helps out.
2: It does, especially with some of the infantry, because they're already a decent mat. Mat six, the, think, mat I think, seven. I think actually, they, uh, most of them start out at mat seven. Uh, I don't know. you got the uh, swordsman are mat seven. Swordsman are yeah. mat seven. The kiltari are six. Um, Shield wall guys are five. But yeah, the main guys you want to take her uh, take her with swordsman are starting out at seven and their mini feat gives them an additional die on damage rolls, so...
1: Now, we did skip over just her ability, such as yes. her card, which gives good stuff to Swordsman, which is like, oh, look, this is clear. I understand this. Yep, you get
2: Vengeance. vengeance. with which, with Stayed Death, is disgusting.
0: Yep. Because so so one of the changes from Mark two to Mark three is, in Mark two, Vengeance was triggered on Destroyed. Mm. Now it's triggered on Damaged. When are souls triggered? Souls triggered Uh, on destroyed. 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 Ah. Unless the mechanic tells you otherwise. Yep. So now, I hit your swordsman, I damage your swordsman. (laughs) Let's say the swordsman had tough from, I think it's a willbreaker. Willbreaker breaker Mm -hmm. hands up tough. You roll the tough, you make the tough, you still get vengeance. You roll the tough, you don't get the tough. Makeda goes, no, I want him to stay alive you still get vengeance.
2: I personally would just start out right at the bat with stay deaf because if he if makes the tough check, he gets knocked down unless it's on feet turn. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, well, the model that I put up there for bait is now knocked down and not going to be able to really get in there. I just, I personally would be staying deaf yeah. and I'm right off the bat.
0: But it, it's, you know, the choices that you can make at, mm-hmm. at that point, the cool thing is though is you still get vengeance no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you still get to keep a guy.
1: I should mention up front, I don't own any of the Siege tracks. And, and call yourself
2: a scoring player.
0: None of the local stores have them. Yep. We, we're we going to have to get you uh, with uh, discount games and, and get I, you some more. Well, and I've
1: spent a fair amount of coin getting sort of my bases with infantry and almost all the casters. Yeah. I also don't have any Ferox,
0: which would be good.
1: So I'm kind of... Limited in my, in my choices right now.
0: Okay, so have you built a list yet?
1: Not fully. Okay. So I, we could throw them together real quick here and take a look at it. Uh, so, obvious, okay. to 2. Absolutely. And, and Masters Ma- of War?
0: Masters of War. All right. Okay, so we're going with the Masters of War. So what does Masters of War give us?
2: It gives you. Masters of War provides for every 20 points of uh, Praetorians or Cataphracts, you get either. One free command, uh, command attachment, or tyrant commander and standard bearer. Okay. Standard free models don't count towards it. Mm-hmm.
0: So free stuff. Free stuff. Always good.
2: Models disabled by melee attacks made by scorned warrior models in the army do not make tough checks, and they are removed from play.
0: Which crits hates. Yep. Greenkin hates. Um, who else? Trolls hate. Trolls hate. Yep.
2: Um, also, you get plus one to your starting roll, which, in the list you're in, with the cast you're looking at running. Being able to go first and just streaming up the table sounds like a great idea.
1: Yep. Now, second caveat, I don't have any of the Swordsman UAs or the Tyrants.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Now, I'm, those are cheap enough. I could certainly pick up two or three of those mm-hmm. to be able to fill up the, those points.
2: Right. I highly recommend the uh, Tyrant Commander because one of the issues right now you're looking at is Pathfinder. The unit doesn't uh, whatever units you're taking does not have Pathfinder innately and she does not hand it out.
1: Doesn't the Nope. Yeah. No, oh,
2: the, that the charge?
1: first one you weigh gives a relentless charge.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, still when you're running stuff up, you wanna have you wanna give them Pathfinder or at various other points other than a charge. Especially okay. during the Vengeance well, you can't give it to them on the Vengeance move, but Nope. Being able to still hand out Pathfinder on a non charge is always a good thing.
0: Fair. But in the fact that your first turn, you're going to be screaming up the board at speed 7. So your run is going to be 14. You want to make sure that you get the most out of that without being slowed down by mm-hmm. um, terrain. And that, that's, the, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize when you're first starting the game out is that first turn of running and jockeying for position means so much. Mm-hmm. As a circle player, I can literally win or lose a game completely on deployment and then I could win or lose a game on how I unbox from the starting line. And not having Pathfinder, I learned that in Trolls, was really bad because I would sit there and just jam myself up, cost myself valuable um, inches of board space where I should be three inches ahead of where I am, or six inches ahead but guess what? Instead of run twelve, I can only run six because I'm running through rubble or running through forest. Sure.
2: The other thing he is able to grant them is if you're toughing them out, he's able to stand them up.
0: hmm Standing up is important. So what? Do you, so, what's your
2: what's your skeleton right now? Can, so I'm
1: looking at you know Makeda with mallet Karn.
2: Okay.
1: Because I hear, I hear he's a good
0: thing. Still is good. Not um, as. Broken get, as Mark II.
2: Yeah, that's broken as Mark II. We can get back to if mm-hmm. Molly uh, actually deserves to be in there or not. Fair. I've got uh, two full units of swordsmen. All and right. a full unit
1: of Beast Handlers. I do own a third unit of swordsmen, or I'm thinking maybe Keltari.
2: I was actually going to recommend Keltari, because what you can do with them, they're base speed 7, so they're going to mm. speed 8. Yep. They also have shield, uh, blade shield, which yes. means they are... You have 15 innately versus range attacks. Deflection brings them up to death... Uh, 17. 17. And if you want to make it ridiculous, you throw in the Craya up to uh, 19. And you can use those to uh, protect your swordsmen as they're going up the board.
0: Makes one hell of a speed bump. They're not going to shoot them off the table. They have to deal with them. Yep. And they have parry innately. They have parry they're innately, speedy.
2: so they can move outside of the con- her control area yep. on the turn you need them to and still have that parry. They also have reposition three, so after they charge into whatever they want to charge in, if they, regardless if they kill it or not, they're moving deeper into that line, and the swordsman can finish off whatever else there is. Yep.
0: And the scary thing about that playing against it before is as they go deeper into your line and the swordsman cut off, you have to give them attention because you can't let them keep mm-hmm. going through. It's a lesson I learned with uh, Gristle 2 and Fenblades and I learned it with... Um, Kalissa with Elowire Swordsman. Just guys with two-inch reach going deeper into your army that don't have to worry about free strikes Mm. cause mental issues against your opponent. I'm talking you'll easily, uh, against an experienced player, you're going to shave off about a minute or two off of their clock from them just sitting there thinking about how they have to go about unpacking against it.
2: So you have one or two units of Keltari. I just on one. Just on one? All right. So if we're wanting to look at ways of getting the swordsmen up, protecting the majority of the swordsmen, because mm-hmm. from the sounds of this, you want to get fit- triggered vengeance triggered, so you're probably going to have a swordsman, a swordsman or two, past everything else, be like, please, kill me, kill mm-hmm. me, kill me, so that you can trigger vengeance. Everything else is going to be hiding behind some sort of unit so that they're not getting shut off the table, because defense 15 can still possibly get shot off. Sure. Yep. So, in that case, uh, do you happen to have uh, Karak's? Don't believe I have Karak's. Okay. All right. I could pick those up. So they have with their UA. Uh, they are speed six, so they're able to keep up with the swordsman. They have Girded, so they can mm-hmm. protect those swordsmen from blast damage, if it's possible. Possibly get hit. Um, and, I mean... Def 12 up to 14, really all you're caring more about is the fact they go up to armor 19 in uh, shield wall. Mm-hmm. So you can protect them that way. You can protect some of the swordsmen that way. Um, honestly, though, probably a second using of Keltari. Keltari just again, because that, that jamming mm-hmm. they're able to do and being able to just make us line of you cannot shoot past this. Yeah. So you can look at versatility of going with a unit of Karax or, or go with the same mold of uh, Kiltari, another unit of Kiltari.
0: And then from here, what is this list going to do? What are you thinking about how this list is going to play on the table? I mean, you've got a bunch of infantry.
1: I'm thinking
0: the Kiltari are going to buy me time the
2: swordsman up there. They're only Pal 9. Pal 9 with combo
0: strike. Right. So that brings him up to Pal what?
2: How uh, let's 12? see here. They are base three, so pound twelve. But don't forget, if you take the UA with them on the turn, you really want to charge in. They mm-hmm. are pound not two, pound nine weapon masters, or pound twelve weapon
0: master. Yep. So that is definitely good. That's very
1: good. So, but I'm assuming they're going to be clearing out basically the infantry.
0: Okay.
2: Possibly threatening. No, that's what the Keltaria are there for. Mm, okay. Keltari are mat six, but if you go in there on the feet turn, they're mat six boosted dan- boosted attack rolls. Mm-hmm. Pow ten charge will kill most infantry, and if you're dealing with some heavier armor infantry, they do have combined range attack or a combined melee attack. Yep. So you're getting up to pow twelves when you really need it, um, and then whatever's remaining, they just walk into and just shove it even further into their face.
0: So if you go with the swordsman Swordsmen hitting are, harder targets...
2: Swordsmen you're going to be looking at putting into lights, medium-based infantry, some heavies. Uh, they budget can, heavies. Budget heavies. Um, circle war beasts, yep. do not like seeing that, especially with the boosted attack rolls. Um, yep. Legion Beasts. Even the uh, Flyers are not happy to see POW-9 Weapon Masters or mm-hmm. POW-12 Weapon Masters hitting them meaning only 7s on 3
0: dice. Because anything 18 or, 18 or under is going to get hurt bad. It's that when you start getting into that 19 and 20, you know, your Signar and your Kador Jacks, that's when stuff is going to be hard, and that's where you're going to need your beast package to do some work.
2: So, yes, with that in mind, I definitely recommend going with a 2nd using of Keltari. Just that way, you have those two screening units... So, you're saying two units of Kiltari and two units of Swordsman? Correct. Okay. Because a lot of the rest of that, a lot of those points also, you're you're able to get free cards to be able to knock out some of the uh, UAs, the two UAs for the Swordsman. Or even possibly looking at the uh, Tyrant Commanders.
1: Okay. Now, what about Solos? I'm thinking a pair of Willbreakers to have tough. Willbreakers would be a good idea. Um, And Extoler Soul Ward, since I'm assuming I'm going to take some casualties. gives me a little range options. You know.
0: Well, it really depends on what you want the beast package to do.
1: Well, problem is two units of swordsmen and two units of Keltari, that's 56 points.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, okay. In that case, how about this? So you're looking at running, let's stick with the two full units of Keltari. Okay. It is easier to hide a min unit behind a max unit. So why not knock down the swordsman because, yes, you're going to have fewer swordsmen, but mechana can stay death of those models to keep them alive to get the vengeance. Okay. That will help free up some points. Yeah, okay. Because that's going to free up ten points right there. And you can also, for right now, the free models could be the two UAs. So now you're looking at 53 points in total is what you're looking at. And honestly... Oh, wait, do, you, do you have the wheelbreakers in there? I do not have the wheelbreakers in there. Okay, so that's going to bring it up to 61. 61 points, honestly... I don't care. You are not going to have enough beasts to um, justify a full unit of beast, uh, beast handlers. Okay. Especially with the fact that she does have state death.
1: Okay, so we'll take them down to men. That's 59 points. That's
2: 59 points. You are now... I've got 8
1: points left of her base war beast points, so that's 16 and 8. 24 more beast points I can use.
2: So here's a uh, interesting idea to think of. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned in the game is having flankers is always a great thing. Okay. If you can have models that are flanking on the sides, it forces your opponent to have to put resources into those flankers that they don't want to put in. So here's a thought then, two Orchadons. With the extended control range, they are able to be 24 inches away from Makeda, or the long leash. So they are. You're now looking at two heavies going either going up on the same side or one going up on each side. That your opponent is now having to divert resources to, spreading out their army to do so, thus meaning your infantry has more possible targets to get into. Hmm. They are also the archdons are also able to go in, kill a model or two, lightning strike back.
0: So for me. What I did was I went ahead and started building the list. And I don't know if you have all these, but I went with, you know, you got Mac too. Yep. I put in an Agonizer and a Craya. Okay. I uh, put D- Tibbers in there. Okay, I've got him. Because shield guard is a great thing to keep Mac alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, went the mm-hmm. um, I went with a Gladiator. Mm-hmm. I went Min Beast Handlers. I went Double Swordsman with UAs. I went Kel- uh, Full Keltari. And then an a Ticom. So what I'm thinking is... is With this list, I'm thinking... And then I put a Feral Geist in as my solo. So Feral Geist sits on a flag. Sits in his own. Causes issues. Especially if they don't have magical weapons. If I had an extra point, it would be a Gremlin swarm Because stealth and incorporeal together is stupid. Um, swordsmen and their um, UA's are great. Put together, you got the power swell. You've got... Um, relentless charge, you've got um, penetrating strike, granted sidestep, always good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Tycom gives you, you know, march, push a limit, uh, Reveille, set defense, all good stuff. So the reason why I didn't put the Will breakers in there was going along with Jerry's plan of using stay death to keep important pieces alive instead of um, trying to get the tough because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the end, tough is a 33% chance of happening. Granted, I would love to have the um, wall Breaker in there for the uh, Puppet Master because I roll bad dice. But I didn't know what else to take away to get it in there.
2: So why tippers over a Sentry?
0: Just the fact of that with him not being able to be moved. I don't know if the uh, Sentry can be moved.
2: Sentry cannot be moved by a slam.
0: Yeah. But well, it also cannot be knocked down. Yeah. And just the... I like his power. 14 shield, 18 Tetsubo would reach, you know, 2-inch reach, tusks, uh, armor, 21 that never goes away because we're beasts and not uh, mm-hmm. jacks. Immovable mm-hmm. um, object, shield guard, crit smite. is always nice, especially when someone gets a little bit too close to Makeda crit slam them over something um, and irresistible force can help you open charge lanes for your um, swordsman because in the end it's all about you're trying to get your swordsman to get as much work as possible done mm-hmm. whereas Tibbers is your anchor and I like him at that armor 21 with the um, agonizer crying non pain You know, essentially, effectively going up to armor 23 uh, within 8 inches of him. So, I mean, it's, in my mind, it's a really good uh, play uh, for Tibbers. Plus, I like the model. Just this big-ass elephant with a freaking club, almost as tall as he is, swinging it around. I think it's cool. Personally, I have played a list similar to this in other factions, you know, In my Killers' list, I've run um, two units of uh, Ellaware Swordsmen as my harassers while my guns did the work. Uh, With Fenblades, I sat there and ran two units of Fenblades with the UA as my main jam unit. And then had stuff in the back doing things. This time, you're looking at more of an attrition. I just... If I get rid of Tibbers and I go with say, what's that? Come over, are you... If I go with a sentry, I will get seven points off of that, and I can get the Will Breakers in. I will lose. I got Shield Guard. I cannot be slammed. I cannot be knocked down, but I can still be placed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And But I get a retaliatory strike, which is not a bad thing to have. But that gives me seven points where you can sit there and toss in a Will Breaker and... If you get rid of the feral gris, you can get a second wheel breaker in there, leaving you with one point, which you can spend also swamp cover
1: hmm.
0: if you really want a uh, one point solo just to run over and grab a flag because it is still defense fourteen
1: mm-hmm.
0: got to remember in um, sr 2017 and sr 2018 being able to have a solo that whose whole job is to sit on a flag and be hard to kill it's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. But with that, I get two Will Breakers in there. Will Breakers can give out tough uh, to a whole unit. And then um, you can sit there and um, put Puppet Master on a target. Puppet Master, I live and die off of Puppet Master because I can't roll dice to save my life. Now Jake's going to disagree with me because I, my dice went hot on him the other night. And he still <laughs> beat me. So, I mean, looking at that, that's where I'm thinking you could go as a good, solid base to start off with. Mm. But remember, list building is personal. I see a lot of people look up on Discount uh, Games Inc. and look at the tournament reports and go, I'm going to play this list. And then they play it, and they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, Chuck Ellsworth, JVM, these guys won with this list, why am I not winning with it? Well, those guys, they, number one, got hundreds of games in before that uh, tournament. Other part is, is they added a little bit more of their own flavor, their own understanding to it. Mm-hmm. And that's and the thing. They also
2: say that they built it from scratch so they know it inside and out.
0: Yeah. So one of the things I tell everyone is if we, if I offer, you know, hey, try this list out, I emphasize that try. Mm-hmm. Try it out see what works. See what doesn't work for you. Like, for me, Ellaria Swordsman are great models. I love them. I think they are great models that do a crap ton of work for what I have them in my list for. If you go online right now, everyone will tell you that they are crap. But I sat there and I have um, won games with them. I have sat there and played them in a team tournament at last year's Gen Con and my team got third. And I went two and one that day. And pretty much my list that I died on, that I lost with, was my off list. Mm -hmm. So, it's one of those things where some models will work for some people, some models won't. Like, for me, I see uh, one of our guys, Jake, he's a big champion of brigands. Go online right now, everyone says, well, brigands aren't that great. I've been playing them, learning from Jake on how to play them the way he plays them and go, wow, why aren't these guys in more lists? Why is everyone still defaulting to the nest Hunters? And it amazes me. But that's something that Jake figured them out for himself, mm-hmm. and then it's now teaching us how to play them. And then hopefully soon we'll sit there and get Jake on here, and, you know, you'll get a little bit of that uh, Minions primer, because Jake is our Minions guy. Yep. Yep. So you've got this MAC-2 list. What do you want to pair with her?
1: I was going to turn to you guys for that, actually. Okay. I'm th- Thinking since that's mostly infantry, the natural complement would be something using Imperial Warhost.
0: Okay. So Jerry, you want to take a stab at it first?
1: And if possible, I'd like to run a Hydra in that.
2: All right. So the Desert Hydra, great anti-shooting tech. You already have a list right now that's sitting pretty at being your sho- you're not Your shooting's not going to do much. Okay. Because you're delivering a melee force mm-hmm. with a caster that has D-South and a Kraya in there. Okay. You're going to be delivering those guys pretty easily. Do you really feel like you need another uh, a, a list with another anti-shooting model in there? I, Trust me, I get that the, I love the look of the Hydra. I love the rules of the Hydra. It's just more of right now looking at that. Do you really need a another list to answer shooting? I wouldn't think so. I guess I just look
1: at that first one as good anti-shooting, but it is primarily fairly low-pal stuff getting up there. So what happens if I run up against Kador?
2: Okay.
1: Or a Menoth with a um, viable resolve or something?
2: Okay. So we should look at making a list then that does have some anti-shooting elements Granted, its... Or it's scored. They always have anti-shooting elements. Um, that can answer heavy armor. Preferably, since your other list does not necessarily ha- answer heavy armor also. Mm-hmm. One where the buffs are self, nothing offensive. Mm-hmm. Just that way you can handle any list that has magic hate or not. Mm-hmm. Just And
1: again, I, I think anti, anti-armor. I'm a simple man. I reach for a big hammer. Or a big base.
2: Well, to be fair, if you want to go that route. Now, again,
1: I'm new and I'm looking to you guys for this. I had some some ideas on the first one. I'm pretty open here. I would feel better as something that could handle heavy and armor, though.
2: Okay, heavy armor. So you have a few choices there. Okay. You do have. Uh, anyway, it's uh, you can either go with if you really want mm-hmm. anti armor. Yeah. Um, and to keep away at the very very least from single wound infantry. You can look at Tyrant uh, uh, Zeresh. Xerxes? Xerxes. I don't know why I was taking Zeresh. Thank you. Tyrant Xerxes. Okay. His feet alone says, I kill armor. It's an additional die on melee damage rolls. Yep. And you can look at taking uh, cataphracts, which a bunch of those guys are weapon masters already. Don't do any cataphracts. All right. I, I was. Told that they're not so great. If Donald listens, <laughs> well, apparently. But uh, okay. So the other another option mm-hmm. has a great armor cracking, is Cersei's fury of a He he himself you can run a beast Break with him because oh, he a yeah. field marshal plus two speed, which is crazy, which is great for some of the beasts. He also has ignite, which is plus two on melee damage rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really need to be able to hit something hard. He does have uh, Report, uh, report, which is target model in his battle group. G- he uh, can use his mat and rat, current mat and Rat in place of its own, and he gets to double the control area for it.
1: Which is good, since he's...
2: Stranglehold, don't really care about that right mm-hmm. now. His feat is all models are in his control area, right. are considered in his control area. Friendly faction models gain additional die in attack and damage rolls, you choose which die to drop. Hmm. So you're looking at a caster who speeds up the beast really quickly, can give them plus two to their attack melee attack rolls.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: On top of the fact that you're gonna have a bunch of whip, uh, guys whipping them in the whipping the beast in the back, giving them plus two strength. Mm-hmm. So all self buffs right there, and his feat is better science portals.
1: The one trick is. He's a big, big model. He is. And I don't have him. All right. Hey, he's a great model. Guess what? No one sells those around here. I picked everything up from the used bins because none of the stores have
0: a lot of of new stock. Yeah.
1: So I have
2: pretty much every other caster. Um, I don't have... Do you have Zadesh, too? Yes. Okay. There's another caster that can possibly do some murmur cracking, mainly from his feet. But he also does provide battle charge, which makes yeah. things really difficult in terms of dealing with uh, dealing with a bunch of war beasts. Uh, his feet provides plus two strength and mat to friendly faction bottles and defensive strike. Okay. So really, the major armor cracking is going to be on his feet turn. That might not be something you want to look at if you're going to be cracking all armor, because your opponent might be able to do two waves, and the armor might be coming in the fact of Warback, Wargeys, or Warjacks, or Heavy Infantry. So, but he is one option to go with. Um, Let's see here. Who else out there is Rosheth? The Fat Man himself Mm -hmm. is known for being able to just destroy
1: everything. Well, my only thing, thinking with Rosheth, because I'm assuming this is going to be an Imperial War host. Maybe, maybe not. But if, if so, there wouldn't be much infantry
2: to throw out there to channel throw uh, yeah um, I'm, I'm just but that's assuming you go into that theme there are other things you can go into that okay um, let's see here see
1: it's easy to build the perfect list when you own everything yeah yeah uh, it's amazing right. how
0: that works for me I went with I went with um, Xerxes Fear of Halak because you don't have them sure Uh, but the good thing about Xerxes is he can build this list, I think, with Fat Man 2.
1: Am I crazy that maybe Morgul
0: 2?
2: I was just looking at Morgul 2. He doesn't really crack armor. He's got mortality.
0: So does Grim 1, and Grim 1 doesn't. Mortality is
2: also a 3 cost range 10 on a Fury 6.
0: Yeah, he has Mark for Death, not Mortality. I'm thinking the wrong one. Who does, who has Mortality. Controls. Uh, grim two. Grim two. I knew one of them had it.
2: Yeah. So yeah, you could look at doing mortality. Um, no. You could take the shaman to be able to make it a range twelve to keep him safer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to feat in order to be able to blind everything. And He does have shadow play, so you can easily get a model really deep in there. I'm hearing a lot of yeah in your voice, which I will accept. <laughs> Um, I mean, he he does have some play there, especially okay. because he himself can do some major damage. So just going on the list, we're kind of skipping over Micaela
1: one, no real armor cracking there that I see. No. Uh, Beastmaster's a car, which I'm okay with. He again has mortality. He does um, have
2: mortality, but he has the same issue uh, yeah. of Fury
1: six. Yeah, I'm not. I've tried him. I'm not thrilled. I don't own Murgle three. Uh, Rasheth sounds like a a possibility. Hexy 2.
2: Sarris 2, I don't think has much in the way of armor cracking. He does have a map fixer, Mm -hmm. or a a hit fixer with black spot. Yep. Um, Yeah, yeah, he does not really crack armor.
1: Nope. So Zadesh 2, that's a possibility. Yep. Again, uh, Skip Makeda 3, I don't own her. I do have Naresh. That's too bad. Makeda 3 can
2: crack some serious armor. Uh... Yeah, Naresh doesn't seem to help out. Nope. Actually, if you want to look at cracking armor and being hard to hit, Naresh is your boy. Just no, uh, we'll, uh, well, this thanks. is feet? What? This is feet? Uh, just his feet, yes. hmm But let's also not forget that he does provide field martial pain response to yeah. his Warbeasts. So on the feet turn, they're charging in for free without needing to be base-to-base. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, He himself is also just, he can clear out swaths of infantry himself. Hmm. So you can look at your beast package dealing with heavy armor. Okay. And in general, Scorn is great for for dealing with armor cracking without it. He, though, simultaneously provides both armor cracking on his beat turn and a defense buff to his uh, war beasts. Okay. Because they're also getting plus three armor. When they do this, plus three strength, plus three armor, and he is able to. If you want to take a beast with high defense, you can throw a blur on them mm-hmm. to make them harder to hit as you go up the board. Lamentation, I can tell you, both on a horde, especially on a horde
0: side. Horde side,
2: it it hurts up a hordes like no one's business because animae are now spe- are considered spells. Mm. so now is war, now your opponent's war beast, if you're going against a beast break, which that's gonna take some armor cracking, is now they are not able to cast their anime. Most of them will not be able to cast their anime without going full into it. So Snarash. I think we're gonna skip Morgul One. Um uh, Morgul One oddly enough is another armor cracker. He has abuse. Yeah. True well. He has abuse and also um Great thing, uh, he also has admonition, which any cast with admonition hmm. is a gold mine. Especially yep. if you're running a uh, beast heavy list, mm-hmm. because admonition can now go on any one of your beasts. Okay. Now cool.
0: it can affect the Hydra.
2: It cannot affect the
0: Hydra, but it you're, can looking at, affect you're looking else at around.
2: being able to affect Bronze Max, uh, Titan Gladiators, anything that you send in there. To do major damage. Okay. So I think I think we can
0: skip Jalam.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, Jalam Jalam would be great for control. He Jerry has not. a love affair with Jalam. Oh. I would. Mean, it makes me sad. I got out of scoring because I was waiting for a, a ranged caster to come into the faction.
1: I'm looking at Zal one. I kind of like Last Stand, but that would probably work better
2: with the previous. Last list. Stand is also. It's only infantry, of course. Uh, no, no it's not. It is not. Hmm, but you're now talking about away, talking about yeah. throwing away warbies. Yeah. Now here's the thing: you could look at running him and running a bunch of cyclops. Throw take a bunch of cyclops savages. Throw those things away as missiles. Now you're talking possibly throwing last Saint on those bastards.
1: Now you're appealing to my crazy side. So let's. also, it also, not it it to also
2: that. appeals to my uh, uh, to my special snowflake there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're not going to get much of a feat because his feat is uh, warrior models. Yeah, have already got Makeda two, Xerxes we talked about, Mortar. Mortar does not crack armor. He yeah. is very much a denial caster. Okay. Um, I have to skip Xerxes two, and Zol, uh Zal does not crack armor in the, in the traditional sense.
0: See for me. I built this list. I rebuilt it. Mm-hmm. I built it with uh, Tubby McFatpants because he was... he I look at him all the time and go, I want to play him. Okay. I actually own his model when I was buying stuff for um, Who's the Boss. But, you know, I look at him and go, wow, this guy just has so much that he can do. So, Risheth, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, Dark Rituals you're not going to get much work on with this list. He doesn't have that many uh, friendly faction... Uh, Warrior Models. Right. Can't be knocked down. He has some Purvis Flesh. Was that? Can you pause this? Yeah. yeah. Pick one. Okay, so which three have you narrowed it down to?
1: I'm thinking... I hear Risheth is good. Tabi is very good. And with that feat, that's a good armor feat. Um, mm-hmm. Zadesh 2, I played against him a little bit, and Counter Charge is pretty scary.
0: Um, and we're Morgul with uh, Abuse. Okay. So for me... My pick would be Tubby, okay, because I am, but also because of Bloodmark. target enemy mall suffers negative two arm on top of his feet, mm-hmm. on top of Enrage, on top of all that, just makes it crazy. Um, Carnivore adds to the uh, melee problem, so you get a plus two melee attack rolls against uh, Living model with melee attack and gives you um, uh, remove from play. Mm-hmm. And castigate. Now, the good thing about Rasheth is Breath of Corruption. So he is an 8 Fury cast. Breath of Corruption allows him to throw out two 3 inch cloud effects. And so, with that, you can sit there and start protecting some of your army on the way up. But at POW 12, you're not really going to damage. Um, the bigger uh, beasts in your uh, list, like uh, gladiators, sentries, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, models hit suffer power 12 corrosion damage roll. Spells the AoE's cloud effect and a hazard that remains to play for one round. Models entering or ending their activations into the AoE suffer one point of corrosion damage. So, it gives them, if you're dealing with a whole bunch of sing, um, half inch uh, single wood infantry, Gives him a little bit more survivability by, just by stepping in there. Hmm. And then his feet. His feet is a silly one. He is known as Mini Denny because enemy models suffer negative two strength, death, and arm. And when a living model is destroyed in control range, Rasheth removes one damage point.
1: I will probably do that second part more than I would like.
0: Yep. And so with that, with you wanting a desert hydra, I got the desert hydra in there, a gladiator, a sentry. Two Cyclops Shaman. The reason why I got them, the two in there, is they can cast the animi of the Desert Hydra. Oh. Ah. Increasing the no-shooting bubble. Uh-huh. And they have a ghost shot and magical weapon. So, ghost shot with a magical gun and a magical spear, you don't have to worry about things like um, incorporeal models, black banes coming at you, whatnot. Now, the only part about Ghost Shot that really sucks is the fact of it doesn't ignore stealth. So you're still going to have problems with Gremlin Swarms until you get up there with the Hydra. And then to round it out, I got a Basilisk, Crea, and an Agonizer. Got them for free, part of the theme. Yep. And then I just went with the basics. Two Woolbreakers, Breakers, two Min Units, Beast Hammers. Hmm. Just enough to cause problems. So, Woolbreakers gives us um, Puppet Master... And it could force friendly war, faction war beasts into command range as if it were their battle commander. So you can spread out if you need to. But with the way this thing is built, it sits there and is essentially a brick. So that's what I got. What do you got, Jerry? What do you think? You got Morgul, Tubby, and I'm you're
2: rounding out a Morgul 1 list right here. Okay. So keeping with the theme, the fact you want a desert, you want to include a desert hydrant in there. I will point out. Just to realize how terrifying a Desert Hydrant under Morgul 1 is, you're looking at a speed 7, POW 22, charging for free with 9 attacks between the 5 initials and the 4 bot.
0: That will kill anything. Yep. And makes it the biggest target on the table. It does, but good luck shooting that thing off the table. Nah, I don't think it's going to be shooting it off the table. Uh,
2: are you going to out threaten it? You're looking at a, I mean, 5, 7, 12 inch threat, so that's average. Yep. Uh, yeah. I can ar- get
0: trolls up to 15. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I mean, you can also throw the gladiator's animus onto it, so you're looking at 14.
0: 14, so yeah.
2: So a 14 inch threat, that's nothing to mm. scoff at no. for a gargantuan. Yeah. Well, okay, so we have Morgul 1, an Imperial Warhouse. You have two min units of Beast Handlers. Okay. You have the Desert Hydra, a Gladiator, a Bronzeback Titan, an Artist Soldier, two Basilisk Krayas for free, and an Agonizer.
0: Mm. The Basilisk
2: Krayas Krayas, will help with bringing everything up the table that if it does manage to have the range still to shoot, you're still getting plus two defense and armor on a lot of your stuff. Also, the paralyzing gaze helps with a lot. Uh, helps with the fact that morble does not bring a hit uh, hit fixer himself. Mm-hmm. Um, last model in there is going to be a Feral guest.
0: Of course. Sure.
2: Because well, you do have the fact that you can um, sit it on flags if needed, but at the same time, you're running a lot of warbees. Yeah. Including a gargantuan. And it is real annoying for your opponent to have put all that into killing a gargantuan, only for it to come back with a few more boxes and undead. Can a feral
0: <laughs> guys go into gargantuans?
2: Yeah, I believe so. When a living war beast in this wild's command range is destroyed, but not removed from play.
0: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, it can take over gargantuans.
0: See, in the entirety of Mark 3, I've not jumped a feral geist into a beast.
2: I've jumped into a beast once. But again, that's because I was running a beast a beast break. But uh so yeah, you're looking at a desert hydro right now that can crack some serious armor, and everything in that list can crack armor. Even the bra- even the gladiator at that point.
0: Now do pro do you have will breakers in there? I didn't hear that. You
2: I don't think can you cannot take will break Oh no, you can take will breakers, yes.
0: Because you may need that because Morgul is a Fury five.
2: He is a Fury five, but the thing to take into account is um, Desert Hydra is a huge base. So it right. can, can sit on just the teetering point and still cover a large area. Yeah. Which means you still have... So the Desert Hydra and maybe the Agonizer are on one part of the board. Your caster's over, uh, your casters in the middle. Your, Warbe- your other Warbeasts could be on the other side still dealing with stuff while your caster is just keeping that Desert Hydra just within command. Because you can't TK it. You can't place it. Yeah. You can't move it. So wherever it is placed, it is not moving anywhere. True. So you can keep it at that tea drink point and still keep the other Warbees clear and controlled.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's just I've played Fury 5 casts before, and it's always been the headache of it is that Fury 5. Yeah. With the fact of you've got you know stuff like... I mean, we don't see um, Texas a lot, but you do see Kruger and you do see Grima with their push feats.
2: The uh, thing to take away with uh, Morgul though is he's not your atypical caster in the fact that he has defense 16 or armor 14 Right. so yes he could suffer some blast damage but he has steady so you can't knock him down so you are having to deal with that defense right. 16 or defense 18 if he's put up the uh, animus or within the range of a Kraya animai right. um, he has dodge himself he also has dodge so right. if you miss him he's getting out of there if need be, yeah. Um, Maltreat means he does have an extra, fu- an extra fury that you're have to take into account from casting your spells, yeah. transfer stuff like that, um, and he does have parry himself. Right. So he is very durable for a high defense, low armor caster. Yeah. So he can be up. He can also be up there because on the turn he feats. If you're going against another beast Brick or a jack spam your your opponent's not having a great day if they're within 10 inches of Morgul. Yeah. And if you shove Morgul right down their throat... So if I recall correctly, the only thing that can... Uh, actually, hold on. Nope. Uh, enemy non-warcaster... So while Morgul's control range, 10 inches... Yeah. Enemy non-warcaster, non-warlock models cannot spend focus or fury, be forced, or have damage transferred to them. Yeah. So, ah, uh, okay. So it's non-warcaster, non-warlock. So the only thing threatening that cast your caster at that point is a warlock or uh, warcaster.
0: Yeah, with the models most likely to be able to hurt Morgul. It's it's a thought because the one thing that I've experienced is on casters with the five fury stat, casters that come in like Kruger two, like um. Grandma with their push feats in Texas mm-hmm. is they bring enough tools with them that the Fury 5 caster wants to back up away and then they find themselves at the edge of that feet and go, okay, you get pushed back your beasts are now out of your control and that's why I was asking about the Will Breaker because the Will Breaker solves that problem.
2: Right. And the other thing takeaway is he does have admonition so he can throw that on himself, be really far up the table and if a War Caster or Warlock does decide to go into him yeah. Can't be knocked down, so it can't be knocked down. You can be stationary. Yeah. But at that point it's just like you're you're dealing with a caster that's very squirrely.
0: Yeah. Just hope you don't run into things like uh, a or anything with a stationary feet.
2: Which oh. at that point, based off to become of list, you could look at trying to get a um, a cyclops um what is it? Cyclops brute. Yep. To negate the uh, the you yes. know the stationary, so so seeing as how I am trying to focus on Makeda two,
1: so I've even sort of my primary list. Yep. Between Rashad or
0: Morgul, which would be sort of more straightforward to run? Do you think? In my mind, Rashad is more straightforward than Morgul because of the fact that he's he's a big guy like me that walks up the board and goes, "I'm Denny." Kinda. His Fury 8. Fury 8, so he can stay back a little mm-hmm. bit further. He has
1: no weapon. I'm not tempted to do bad, bad things with him.
0: Exactly. He has spells that can help him out. If you really need to get a blood mark onto something, you can cast through a Pain Giver or a Mortarge Willbreaker if really needed. And really, he just... He is the Denny One of Scorn. He comes in, mm-hmm. debuffs everything, and then everything eats the other guy's army. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morgul 1 is... Power output Morgul 1 is absurd. Just not a lot of people play him because it's a high skill cap. Mm -hmm. You've got to know where you need to be at the exact moment you need to be at, and you have to have all your tools ready to go before they find a way around all the extra stuff.
2: And The issue, though, with Rosheth is that he... His main armor crack is his feet, which is one turn. Yeah. If your opponent has some means of negating you being able to cast spells or you really can't get anything up there to channel through, he does not have a turn-to-turn armor crack. No, he doesn't. Morgul, at least, yes, he does have a small control area. Yes, there are points where you have to know what you're doing with them. Once you know what you're doing with them, turn after turn, you have a means of threading your opponent and... Uh, cracking armor that does not require you casting a single spell at your opponent.
0: Now, we're also forgetting about the fact that most of these beasts are swinging at POW 18. Like the Gladiator and the Sentry are swinging at POW 18 thanks to the Mortar Surge Rule Breaker. Or not the Mortar Surge, but the Beast Handlers. The Beast Hamlers, yes. Um, the Desert Hydra is already swinging at 20s just off the Beast Handlers alone. Mm-hmm. So you got to put that in reference to. Whichever one you decide to do it with.
1: How much armor crack do I really need from...
0: Exactly. The other I mean, with Rasheth, I would look at it and going, you know, it's the nail in the coffin. You are going to have that one turn where you're not really targeting all of his solos or whatnot. You're just targeting every big thing that could possibly hurt you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you go into that Gatsby 3-9 um, Slayers list, you're going, okay. I am going to kill seven of these nine slayers this turn. And the other two are going to be crippled. Basically breaking that list over your knee. Hmm. Because you have the bonus. With the feet, you have the bonuses to hit. You have the spell that gives you the bonuses to hit. Um, and then all your stuff is already with Even without the beast handlers... Those guys are at armor nineteen, so you dice off three, because they all have unyielding. Then you add the uh, beast handlers in there. You're at um, from eighteen to, um, you're eighteen to twenty, or uh, sixteen to eighteen. So that really covers a lot of ground there. You go from minus three to minus one, so you're putting damage on boxes that they don't have a lot of. Mm-hmm. and then you add Bloodmark or his feet, and then you're just cranking it right up through the roof. The fact of the matter is, you've got a Desert Hydra with four Fury and five heads with a two-inch attack. Do it right. You get about five Slayers in uh, your control range, and you are snacking on most of them. You're at Dice Plus One without Reshef. Just Beast Embers. Because you're going from 18 to 20, and their unyielding brings them up to 19. So your dice plus one. So you're doing eight points of damage on average dice. Seven points on my dice, six points on Jerry's dice. <laughs> because it unless he's playing, off. yeah, unless he's playing me, and then his dice go crazy. But I mean, even even at the low end of the scale, five points of damage off of your initial hit. You got nine more. They have, like, 30 boxes. You're going to sit there and... Actually, they have less than... They have, like, 28 boxes. Mm -hmm. If you sit there and spike one of those rolls, you got half of a jack. You cripple their cortex and an arm, you're golden. Hmm. Number one, they can't combo strike on you anymore. That's a good thing. And then you sit there and they can't uh, power up or get allocated focus, so... They get two attacks with two dice a piece and one attack with one dice. It's all good. But you also have like the Karchev list and the uh, Kato Jack list and uh, Menoff Jack list, which have a bunch of armor. Yeah. You are still hitting until they hit, what's the number? Until they hit armor 22, that's when your dice start averaging out. You can get, with Bloodmark and Sheath. you can get up to 24 on the Hydra, 22 on the uh, Titans. Mm. The Shamans are there because of you want them sniping out Solos. Yes. You don't want them to have Solos living in the backfield. So they put Ares out there, you kill Eris. Well, she has stealth. She has stealth. Dang it. Damn pointy ears <laughs> that I played before. Well,
1: give me a good starting point, certainly.
0: Yeah. I mean, scorn is in a great place, and even if you don't have the power models yet, you have something to build towards, and you have something to get reps in. Yep. You have something to sit there and start looking at how to get back into the game and start playing. And, you know, admittedly, you'll sit there and go through a period where you're just getting your teeth kicked in. Oh, yeah. But that that's the thing is... You know, I sit there and I tell everyone when I'm first learning a faction, like when I switch back to Legion, I'm going to probably pull aside someone like Edge, someone like Jake, and go, Okay, you're mine for the night. Let's play. The minute I die, we're going to re-rack or rewind to a point where I can see where I live, mm-hmm. where I die, what I did wrong. That's the kind of That's the kind of thing that you want to get into the game when you're first starting out.
1: Maybe that's an interesting mindset to point out that you're taking the actual sort of competitiveness out of it. It's purely, well, you enforce it sort of
0: competitively, but it's just to learn. Yep. You, you get someone who's got a lot of experience that can show you what can happen. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the table with them, and Edge and I have done this so many times, and Jake and I have done too, where okay, I move my model up, and they go, okay, on my turn, I'm going to kill that model. This is how I do it. Okay, what if I move my model over here, five inches to the right? Okay, you're still in danger because I can get you here, 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 and here. Mm-hmm. And then after we figure out where my model needed to be, we'll say, sort of, okay, okay, so this is the safe spot for my caster. Let's plus the, play the rest of the game out. Let's see if it gave me an advantage to have my caster here mm-hmm. or if I already made mistakes. And then we'll sit there and go, oh, I got your caster again. Okay, let's re-rack it all the way to the beginning. Let's see if I learned from that spot. It's, you know, as a martial artist, I've sat there and gone through and in sparring class or in fights, it's a thing of you've got to have that reputation, but you have to have good feedback.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. That's why our meta is really as strong as it is, is because... All of our experienced players will sit there and have a talk with you afterwards and go, hey, this is what happened. This is why this happened. Yeah. This is what you did wrong. This is what you need to work on. And so it's one of the things that I'm really happy that we have here. We've got some really good vets, and we have some people that are willing to learn. Part of that is got to put your ego aside. I mean, I'm still trying to reach 50% against Jacob. Jacob is one of our best players. Hell, I'm still trying to reach 10% against uh, Ben. Ben came to us from the WTC German team, came in and just started waffle stomping us. All of us kept going, okay, let's play again. I want to learn some more. I want to learn some more. And, you know, I've got one game in against him, but I've watched so many of his games. It's like, okay, it's a lab. It's a learning lab. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. Um, We were up in Canada, and he showed... Todd Todd and I were playing a uh, practice game before the big tournament. And we were all sit- sitting around and we were trying to figure out how Todd could kill me because I had Todd on the ropes. And we came up with this Rube Goldberg assassination that included about four or five steps. And Ben was like, no, you just put him here and he swings around and kills the uh, misspeaker and the misspeaker disappears and you can shoot the caster dead. Like that. He recognized the board state like that. And so that's part of the things reps, recognize the board state, play consistent lists. And know the rules to know that that cloud will disappear when you kill the model, which is exactly. not a Exactly. No. And you have to recognize it. Okay. So, so I've got my list. Yep.
1: I got a good mindset. I got some goals. Yep. I'm going to walk up. I got my nice dice to go with my color scheme I'm going to have. Okay. And I got my tape measure. I'm all set.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I Almost.
1: know I know you guys love the measuring sticks. Try to sell me? Why should I pop down? How much of these things?
0: Nah, uh, 50 bucks. Why would I, I pop
1: down fifty bucks on some plastic sticks?
0: You want to take a shot at this first?
2: They're pretty. I'll give them that. Honestly, those. I keep forgetting the name of the
0: uh... what? Broken egg?
2: No, not broken egg. About why he needs them. Um, the phenomenon from a- uh, parallax. 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 Yeah, one word. Parallax. Uh, the stakes you're able to get down a lot closer into the models okay. and actually put down on the table so you can see between them. If you have the measuring tape up a few inches, you're not going to get the most precise measurement. Mm-hmm. This way you can at least show your opponent, yes, this is exactly 10 inches away from this model. You have a charted inch of nine and a half, I am outside of your threat. Instead of just measuring like, yeah, he's outside of that, and then they measure from their side a more precise measurement and realize, no, you're in hmm. It also makes really nice uh, borders for when you're setting
0: up your models for deployment. See, the way I'd sell you on them is something that we preach a lot in this meta is playing cleanly. Mm -hmm. There is no question if Jerry and I are playing a game and I put my stick down and say, okay, you have a nine and a half inch threat. This is a 10 inch stick between the two of us. And we're exactly 10 inches away. On my turn, I've just helped him out by showing him he doesn't have that charge. So, by playing cleanly, Jerry can sit there and go, Okay, I don't have that charge. He's already thinking about what he's going to do with that unit or how he can circumvent that nine and a half inches or maybe get a little bit extra out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if I shoot that guy with a TK and pull him forward or push my guy forward or something like that. Because I've measured, Jerry says, I have a nine and a half inch threat range. I'm speed six. I charge nine. I have a half inch melee. I put down that stick. We both know what the distance is. Mm -hmm. There is no question about it. Makes the game go faster. Gives him less of a mental headache where he has to re-measure everything you're measuring because you use a tape measure, he's using a tape measure, and it also reduces the uh, load on the TL because you're not going to have to call, hey, judge, can you measure this distance between us? There's already a device there in between you knowing what that measurement is. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing uh, Jay brought up is the deployment. I love to use them for deployment, but I also like being able to just take that 10-incher after I measure out what that threat is because you're allowed to have one marker on the table just dropping that where that mark is and go I don't I can't go anywhere near there I'm going to run now Mm -hmm. run 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 look no one gets close to this line because this line is my I die line (laughs) and that's one of the things I love about having the sticks because I could just sit that 10 inch right there on the table and go no one goes past this line If you do, you die. This is a land of death. Exactly. And so the measuring sticks, you know, one of the things that really irritates me is when I see people grab the measuring tape and bend it. Oh. You know, I'm going to go two inches this way, and then I'm going to go around the corner here, and a five-inch walk turns into a seven-inch walk. Mm.
2: Or when they do that and they have the measuring sticks right there.
0: Yeah. So that's what the little wig, the, um, the keys are great for. Mm-hmm. Also, being able to measure your um, melee ranges.
1: I think that's an interesting thing in that I just hit me. It's less that the measuring sticks are a replacement for a tape measure, they're more like a really big version of the melee gauges. Mm-hmm. You yes. drop it in there and see very precisely. Am I in half an inch or am I not? Yep. You You can can see teeny tiny half, half millimeter distances that you could never pick up off a tape measure. Right. And
0: having a stick is just the same thing. Exactly. And it makes it so good because I have won and lost games because of those small measurements. And I've been able to sit there and show people that, you know, you deployed on the seven inch line... You ran your first turn 14 inches. You're at the 21-inch line. At most. At most. And this is the distance between us. That math doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. I've been able to do that before, too, with it. Because I've been able to sit there and go, here's a 7. Here's the extra 6. So tell me how you made this charge. And I've been able to call a judge over and say, Judge, you should not be able to make this charge. It's an illegal board state. Yeah. It's an illegal board state. He's picked up extra inches.
1: Now, what are the, I don't know the official tournament
0: rules. Do they say well, maybe? But he ended up here, so play continues. It really depends on the TL and how they want to adjudicate it. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's just a warning, and they say it can't happen. It's just an illegal board state, and it's a warning because you, if you call the judge at the right time, you haven't moved any models on the table. If the models haven't moved on a table, you can, re, you can clean up the board state. See proxy bases. Yes, that's the next thing, proxy bases. I do have a few of those. Yeah, get um, 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. and if you're going to use a huge base, get at least two 120s. Yep. Because usually you're going to sit there and put one 120 in front of you, and then you'll already have one 120 underneath you because the previous turn, <laughs> you'll put it on that one.
2: I always <laughs> tend to have two of each.
0: Yep. And one cool thing
1: then that you guys also have are the Muse on Mini's Magnetic Take-Apart Spray Templates. Yes.
2: I swear by those things. You suddenly go from having, just taking out a, a whopping 10-inch one and just like think it's right here Which because you he keep, can see the line.
1: You have to keep it up off the table to get yep. it out of everybody's way. Yep.
2: Meanwhile, you just take, it's like, oh, I just need an 8-inch, take off the 10 one, yep. and just plop it down and just be like, okay, everything... Everything where you cannot see part of that model's base from above here is under that template.
0: Yep. There's no, there's no second guessing. The widgets, the proxy bases are all about playing a clean game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could sit here and play Kato and play Kossite Woodsman and all the stuff that everyone says is underpowered, and I'll still use them. I'll still play the cleanest game I can. I'm probably going to get raffle stomped, but I'm going to use proxies. I'm going to use the measuring widgets. Yep. Just so I can make sure that at least we had a great game. Mm-hmm. There was no question about distances. There was no question about charge lanes. There was no question about any of that because we were able to measure it all. This is a game of precise measurement now, we're pre-measuring, and that's
1: it's almost, the big thing. it should take measurements as such out of the game. It should turn into a game of judgment and timing. Yep. Because the you're, you're no longer having to guess at measurements. You can, you can know that for
0: certain. Yep. Hmm. And that's the great thing about it. <clears throat> Is that in the example I gave to uh, earlier about Jerry and I playing and having that stick between us, he already knows that he does not have that charge. He gets to sit there and weigh his decisions out on how he affects the game state. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a beast that can... Um, charge 12 that has chain attack, uh, grab and smash. So he sits there and chain attacks, you know, charges up, chain attack, grab and smash, and throws the model that he was completely out of charge range at one of his own models and gets it closer. Mm -hmm. Now we know that he's crossed that half-inch threshold. He can now sit there and go for that charge that he couldn't go for before. Mm -hmm.
1: It really doesn't have to measure because you already have agreed. Yeah. Distance. Because he already knows,
0: okay, well, I couldn't do nine and a half earlier, but now the model is four inches closer to me or six or five inches closer to me, I can charge it with him. Mm -hmm. So he now has time to sit there and figure out what he wants to do. It really takes the load off the clock. And that's the thing for new players, the, everyone, when they start out, wants to start off the clock. So, they can figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I always say starting off the clock is a great idea, just that you need to get onto the clock as soon as you feel comfortable.
1: Now, in the past, I've been pretty good. I've never really had big clock issues. I've been pretty quick. Yeah. Mostly because I'm not thinking enough and missing things, but we can play quickly.
0: I run into players that we can play one game for four hours. Oof. Because they're stuck in analysis paralysis. They're like, well, I could do this, I could do that. If I do this, it'll go wrong. If I do this... And they're trying to figure out everything they they can. And it turns one game into a four-hour game. And then when they play on the clock, they wonder why they're having such a hard time. It's because they've trained themselves that they have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... I've sat there and gone into the tank five, ten minutes going, okay, I'm, I'm thinking too much. i got to do something. Here's spaghetti at the wall. I'm, I'm charging forward with everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, kill whatever you can. Let's see what happens. What was the worst-case scenario? Yeah. And that's what you know, the good thing about our meta is, is. We have players that will sit there and go, okay, let's do it. And they'll go through and go through their turn and crush you and then go, okay, here is the solution to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. This is what you could have done, what you should have done, that you've never seen before. If you play quick, you get to make the wrong choice, learn from it, and re-rack and try again. Exactly. So there are some times where I've seen people sit for 25 minutes just staring at the board, going, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And I've seen people do that with you, and I've heard you say, okay, what are you thinking? Yeah.
1: Just to, because competition on game night is secondary. Yep. It's, it's all learning.
0: Sometimes you got to think of what you're thinking of because in a game with anywhere from 20 to 70 models on the table with, you know, a four foot by four foot square that you're dealing with, that you're trying to control two zones that are either 12 inch in a circle or a 12 by six rectangle sitting on the table. That's a lot of information to process. Mm -hmm. And for someone who hasn't put the reps in, it's overloading. It is absolutely overloading. You're just like, uh, uh, what do I do? What do I do? Like SR 2018, I played a scenario of that the other night that we had, and I was like, okay, I have three zones here to work with. What do I do? What's the steps? Every turn, you should be asking, can I assassinate? Can I score points? Can I win the game this round? You know, if I have to, can I attrition? Do I have to attrition? You know, one of the things Ben taught us is where is the line of engagement? Where is this imaginary line that I can sit behind and just sit back here not having to worry about anything and let the guy do all the work and feed me his army? Because a lot of new players, they think the game needs to keep going forward. And they just keep pushing models forward and forward and forward right into the jaws of their opponent. Whereas we're starting to learn, hey, I'm covering the three zones I need to cover. He can't outscore me. He'll score, but I'll score two. And then after that, it's, I'll sit here. I'll sit here the entire game. I have seven turns. I scored one more than him earlier. So when the score comes in, I'm going to have one more point than him when turn seven comes. My load is completely off of my head. My mental load is gone. I could sit there and pretty much sit around all day and go, okay, what are you going to do? force the issue on the other person. Make him make mistakes. Exactly. Because this game is one on either your mistakes or your opponent's mistakes. Mm-hmm. At the highest level where you're talking with, you know, the big names, it's usually someone made a small mistake. A small imperceptible mistake that one of them caught on to that the other one didn't realize they made. <laughs> and, I mean, I've watched those games and going, wow. When, when I first started, I didn't understand it. But you know when I lost to um, I lost to Charles Collins at a uh, tournament. Uh, he just recently won uh, champions at MomCon, and I lost to him uh, a few months ago on a sixteenth of an inch. I had my model a sixteen of an inch poking behind a building. I thought I had the line perfect and everything. He sister grabs out his laser, shines it on it, it's like judge do I have this line judge comes over looks at it and it is just like like you could tell particles are light are just barely hanging on to my base and he's like yep I'm like oh man <laughs> and that's something I didn't see I thought I had it he who's puts in you know anywhere from 10 to 15 games a week he saw it the minute I did it, he saw it. He knew it. He had a laser in hand, ready to go, because I had been beating him throughout the entire game, and then all of a sudden it turned right on that, and I got my uh, caster killed. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he recognized the board state like that. He had that laser in hand, saw me when I went up there. It's like grabbed it. He was ready, <laughs> and I lo- And that's when I realized that most of those big name guys really lose on just that. Small mistake that the other guy made and we're able to capitalize on it. You Watch a lot of these battle reports, same thing. The really, really good ones, small mistake. Grain of sand mistake. Hmm. I've lost games to an eighth of an inch, a 16th of an inch. I've won games off of that too. Sure. So that's why the widgets are so important now. So, so important. Get the widgets out there, get the proxy bases. You're set. Anything else. For Aaron's <laughs> intro, back to War- Mark three. Oof, I think that's enough. Filled his head with all the stuff. Uh... Now next Tuesday, he's actually got to play his game. Uh... Yes, I have to play games Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday night you are playing games. And hopefully we'll get you playing against... We'll either play against one of us or we'll get you with uh, one of the other vets and get you in there and start start the process. Start making mistakes. Yep, make the mistakes so you can learn from them. Yep. Anything else, Jerry, you want to add to that? I talked for a long time. <laughs> I'm long with it. No,
2: you covered quite a bit of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I talked too much. So, yeah. anything else, Sam?
1: I think that's it.
0: All right. So, this is So this has been a Swarmcast, episode 2. Next episode, uh we forgot what we talk about next episode. Well, we got Aaron's experiences coming back. First games, Um, battle reports from me, from going up to uh, Fort Wayne, and then uh, anything else that uh, Jerry's been working on. (laughs) And uh, from that, from me, Aaron, Jerry, everyone have a good night.
2: Yep, toodles.